Well, that's where we're going tonight, you guys. In fact, that's actually where we're going to be going for the next month. Um, the month of July, we're starting a new series today um, called Breakthrough. And I, did somebody go, woo, already? All right. Wow. Guess that was the right title. Um, but I love the line, right? Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure. But earth has a few sorrows, doesn't it? has a lot of sorrows. And that's what we're gonna look at, this idea that we need a breakthrough. And everybody has that. You might be in that season right now where you're like, I don't know if I can keep going and I need something to break through. And if that's not you, it will be. And it is someone that you know and you love. And here's the coolest thing, man. We are gathered here because God loves us. He loves you. He cares about the season you're in and he cares about your life. And his spirit is present here and I'm gonna give his word. And his word, again, is alive and active. So he's gonna come and he's gonna speak to every one of you. Go right into the depths of your being. And if you'll just open your heart, then he goes, I will teach you new things. He goes, I'll correct you. I'll get you back where you need to be. I'll train you. He goes, I'm gonna equip you so you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I wanna tell you, man, one of the greatest works the church could do, those of us who follow Jesus we could do, is walk out these doors in the other 167 hours with a hope for the world. This world needs a lot of hope. They need to know there's a breakthrough, okay? So God, thanks for being here. Thanks for caring for us. Thanks for being with us. We worship you as a God who's holy and is love perfect in all of your ways. You, God, are the almighty God with all power and authority, and we need you. So Lord, I just ask that you'll anoint our time. May your word truly come and speak. Holy Spirit, speak to each person in this room today so that we can walk out of here filled with your spirit, encouraged to walk with you. And God, I do pray that you'll bring breakthrough, even tonight, for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, to give you a little picture of a breakthrough, um, as, when I was sitting down uh, to, to prep this message, I, I, I couldn't help but share this story. I have shared it before in the last 19 years here, but it's the perfect story for a breakthrough. I uh, used to do youth ministry. By the way, our youth just finished up senior high and junior high camps this week. And so, where? in fact, I think I saw Bryson. Where are you? Bryson, you made it. Awesome. You're actually here. And I saw youth leaders who are here, students who are here. Uh, awesome. And I, I loved youth ministry. And so when I was at our church in Detroit, I took a group of high school kids on a week-long backpacking trip into the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And it was awesome. It was fantastic. In fact, we followed this thing called the Blue Diamond Trail, which meant there wasn't a trail. Most of the trip, there wasn't any pathway to follow. You had to look for these little diamonds that were this big, and they, they literally put them on a tree. They'd nail them into a tree, and you'd find a diamond, and then you would just wander until you found the next diamond. <laughs> and sometimes our leaders wandered in wrong directions. <laughs> And we couldn't find diamonds. Now, we did have a trained person who eventually, you know, that we followed very closely. Um, but the coolest thing about this trip, though, by the way, can I just say, 
the, the, the gals on this trip totally outshined the guys, by the way. As far as toughness, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was incredible. But it took a lot of toughness because you were going through forests and woods and, 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 and we didn't have water purifiers. We literally had to, to boil water when we arrived at our place. And we were so thirsty. And you had to boil this water over, over uh, the, the fire and then we would stick it in the water, like the stream, to try to get it cold. Oh my gosh, you guys, you were so thirsty. You're like, I don't care, just give it to me. We drank warm, smoky water all week long. It was hot. This is Michigan. Mosquitoes are everywhere. It was awesome. So the last day of our, of, 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 of our trip, because um, the whole goal was to get to Lake Superior, and the last day of our trip, our guide looked at us and, they, and she just told us, she said, this is gonna be the hardest day. And it was. So I have a picture here of, of, uh, of where we were at in, in Lake Superior. Okay. You see that over on the left? I mean, it's like a carpet. This was so thick, especially on this day. You were just getting scratched and you're pulling things away, trying to get through the brush and the woods and the trees. I mean, you were scraped up everywhere. We didn't, you know, you never know if you're gonna make it. And we were just making our way through that. And you have no idea, you can't see hardly, you know, just a few feet in front of you because it was so thick. And then, like in an instant, it's like I'm here and you're going through the forest and then all of a sudden you take a step and then you have this. And then you walk out and there was Lake Superior. And I can't, when I think of a breakthrough, it was the greatest breakthrough. Partly, you know why? I don't know if you guys can see this. I tried to find the best picture. Can you see how clear that water is? In Lake Superior, you can just drink it straight out of the lake. And literally we went out on these rocks and we dumped our heads right into the water and we just drank and drank and drank. And it was crystal clear cold water. And so instead of brush and scratches and darkness, there's complete openness. And it was so beautiful. And you guys, that's what every one of us, when you're in the tough seasons of your life, do you know that there actually is eventually a breakthrough? There is. Now, I don't know what your struggles are. It could be a relational conflict that you're in right now. If you're a parent, it might be a parenting issue that you're having with your kids. And you're saying, man, we need a breakthrough. It might be your marriage. And you need a breakthrough. You need God to come in and do something for your relationship there. It could be a work relationship. It could be a friendship. But man, when you are having relational conflict, what you are asking is, God, please give us a breakthrough. It could be a physical ailment, financial situation. Some of you just might feel lonely. Man, when you are lonely, it's like you need a breakthrough. God, please, I need people in my life. It might be an addiction or depression. For me, I remember it was being single. I was like, I remember I turned 30. I love my 20s, man. I was having a blast. And then when I turned 30, my younger brother and three of my closest friends got married. And I remember thinking, wait a second, God, remember me? And it just kept going on and on. It's like, all of a sudden you're like, I need a breakthrough, God. <laughs> like, 
But I, and that was a serious issue for me and my faith with him. For a year and a half, when I was finishing up my master's in theology out in California, for a year and a half, it was dark. I felt like God just threw me and covered me over with dirt. And I just remember feeling, man, I need a breakthrough. It was a really difficult time. You know what? For us at K2, I feel like, do you guys feel like we need a breakthrough? We need a breakthrough, right? I mean, we, 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 I'm grateful for Southeast. I'm grateful for their hospitality, but we're looking for our new home and we need a breakthrough. So what do we do when we're in a season that is confusing? When we're in a season that's not going as we planned or expected? What do you do when it's hard or when it's dark? When things are actually out of your control and you can't do anything about it, what do you do? Or when they're in your control, but you can't seem to get control of the things you should be in control of. That's what we got to talk about here. So what we're going to do this month is we're going to look at some stories in scripture. We've got three Old Testament stories because I'm going to tell you what you guys, you can't, right? You cannot read the Bible. Man, those people needed some breakthrough, right? I'm seriously, we're like, man, this has been like, like 12 months. They're like, yeah, try 40 years. I mean, really, we read the scripture and we just go through it because we know the stories, but they're intense stories. You read the Bible, what are they crying out? How long, oh Lord? (laughs) How long? And sometimes people put themselves in those tough seasons because of decisions that they made and the way we're walking. We'll look at some stories like that. But sometimes people were actually following God and he had tough seasons for them. And we'll look at that. You know, we see perseverance and endurance. And then all of a sudden, right? There's so many great Bible stories. And then God comes through and does this amazing thing. There's, man, you walk through the dark forest and you see Lake Superior. There's great stories in the scripture. And then we also see that sometimes the breakthrough never came while they were on earth. So what do we need to see a breakthrough in our lives? Here's what I know. These seasons, these tough seasons, sometimes they can be days. Sometimes they can be weeks. (laughs) Keep going, right? Sometimes months. Sometimes years. I was talking, I was back in in my college reunion last weekend at Asbury College in Kentucky talking to one of my best friends. Five and a half years. He was in deep, dark depression. Sometimes it's years. But you know what else, you guys? A season has a beginning and it has an end. And you know what else is a season? Your life. Your whole life actually is a season. It has a beginning and it has an end. And so today, what I'm gonna talk about, because when you look at all these, I'm gonna talk about what we need we need a breakthrough is we need the hope of heaven is what we need. We need the hope of heaven. When you read this passage, so Hebrews chapter 11, because when we were looking at the series and we were thinking, well, what stories do we want to share in the Old Testament? I just said, well, let's just read Hebrews 11. If you're not familiar with Hebrews 11, it's just a list of all these incredibly godly people and the journeys that they went through. And, it's, and it is, some of these guys saw great breakthroughs and others, it says, got sodden too. So, There you go. 
That was supposed to be, you know, kind of funny, but uh, I guess sawing in two is not real funny. But what was interesting is no matter when the breakthrough came, what they all had, all of them, was a vision for something beyond this world. Look at this, Hebrews 11, verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. What's that mean? They did not receive the things promised. All of these great people were still living by faith when they died. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and confident of what you don't see. These people learned how to have faith in the midst of these tough seasons. They, they only welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What did they know? They knew that this is not my home. I'm a stranger here. I'm on earth, but I'm actually a foreigner to earth. They knew that there was something beyond this world. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Hey, you know what else? He's prepared one for us too, you guys. He's prepared one for us too. Here's what I know, man. We don't talk about heaven enough. <laughs> we just don't. I, I, I just remember when I found Christ, I was so amazed to find out that eternal life actually started now, that eternal life is knowing God and you, we can walk with him now, that I just kind of, man, we got to help people understand you can experience God now. <laughs> but when you look in the scriptures, true, yes, but man, they were always saying, but you better fix your eyes on what is unseen. If you're gonna make it down here on this earth through the tough seasons, you gotta know there's something beyond this earth. So I'm gonna tear apart a passage. It's 1 Peter chapter one. If you have your Bibles, you can pull that, pull that open. Obviously, it'll be up here on the screen. This is, this is just a fantastic passage. I love it so much. There's so much in here. Can I just tell you, man, I struggled all week long because I'm like, oh, I just wanted, oh, I want to unpack that word. Or I want to unpack that word. And this, there's so many great things in here. I, I, in fact, I, I, I put it all together and then I put my message by Susie and she kind of looked at me with a total blank stare. And I'm like, okay, I better start over, huh? And so I went back and now I think God's boiled it down for me. But listen to this amazing passage. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus Christ, to God's chosen people who are living as, what? Foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, what does that mean? How, how are they living as foreigners? Peter was Jewish and he was the head of the church in Jerusalem. And what was happening? The Jews got scattered <laughs> The Christians who are Jewish, the Christians got scattered all over the place. So part of what he, he could be talking to them, but everybody you study says he wasn't talking to the Jewish Christians. He was talking to Gentile Christians. So he was talking to Christians everywhere and saying, you are living as foreigners in this land. Why? Because you actually followed Jesus. 
You guys, the reason Peter wrote this when you go through the rest of the book is they were experiencing incredible persecution. This was the time of Nero. Anybody heard that name before? Nero was causing incredible persecution for all of the Christians. It was an intense, tough season. So he says, you are foreigners, you guys. All of you Christians, remember that. And then he goes on. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be cleansed by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Oh, come on, man. You ever been in a really tough season? You're like, grace and peace? Bring it. This is what we need when you're in a tough season. And then here we go. Praise. Okay, don't remember who's receiving this letter. Because they have faith in Christ, they are going through incredible persecution, rejection, physical abuse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded or shielded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice. <laughs> really? Though now for a little while, for a season, you may have to have had suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, that your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. How cool would it be, you guys, to be in your toughest season and have inexpressible and glorious joy? <laughs> that is what God wants to offer us and I want to encourage all of us today that this is what we can have. We need the hope of heaven. So here's where I'm going though, as I boil all this down, I realize, well, what's the breakthrough? How do we have a breakthrough in, in, the, in the toughest seasons? Here's what, here's, what, here's what Peter was saying. The resurrection is the ultimate breakthrough. All of this came through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus. Man, when the church was started, what were they doing? They weren't teaching a bunch of moral stuff. You know what they were doing? They were saying, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again. This was their message. And so 2,000 years later, you guys, if we're gonna win down here in the tough seasons of our life, the resurrection is still the ultimate breakthrough. Jesus Man, he suffered a lot while he was on earth. 
He was constantly rejected. His followers could never understand what he was telling them. Do you remember how times he goes, how long do I have to be with you guys? How long? Because nobody could get it. He had temptations. It says he was tempted in every way that we are, and yet he never fell. Never. Man, how long, Jesus said. He had to suffer the cross, and then he suffered death so that he could be resurrected and he broke through, you guys. And you know why he broke through? Because there was no sin in him. He never gave in. He never stopped believing. He never stopped trusting his father. He never stopped walking with him. Jesus Christ broke through with the resurrection. He is the only one who ever walked this planet, experienced the hardship and the sufferings and the tough seasons and stayed perfectly in line with God. And then that resurrection proved that he was sinless. There was no sin in him. So how is the resurrection of Jesus the breakthrough for you and me? Just two points today. Here it is, the first one. Resurrection breakthrough is the presence of Jesus. Resurrection breakthrough is the presence of Jesus. Do you guys know this? Okay, I'm like, of course we know this. He's alive. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, seriously, Christians, seriously, here's the problem with us. I know he's alive. Do you live like it? Do we actually live like Jesus Christ is alive? Not really. Because most of us are freaking out. Most of us get super overwhelmed. Most of us lose our hope and our peace and our joy. Anybody else want to join me in that confession? And here's what's happening. If that's happening, I may intellectually know that he's alive, but I got to believe he's alive. Man, I love how Paul said it. He goes, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but what? Christ lives in me. The one who broke through death and all sin and all suffering and rose from the dead. Hey, Christian, he's living in you. That resurrection of Jesus, the fact that he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and he's alive. How do I get through this life with Jesus? (laughs) With his presence inside of you. Man, this is one of the greatest hopes. And I just want to say, I don't know if you're here today or if you're watching online and you're sitting there and going, how do we get through this life and you haven't put your faith yet in Christ and his presence isn't there, then we are left as human beings by ourselves to get through this life. And God never intended for you to ever live this life without his presence. Man, the resurrection breakthrough is the presence of Jesus. How did Peter say it in verse eight and nine? He said this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you don't see him now, you believe in him. Can I just ask you, when you're in your deepest, darkest, tough season, 
like these guys were, can we say what Peter said? And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I, I gotta be honest with you, ask my wife, no. Sometimes, but lots of times, no. Where's the inexpressible joy? Where are we? Praise God, because Jesus Christ is alive. Man, I just wanna remind us all, this passage, Peter, he wants to tell us, God wants to tell every single one of us here, you guys, there's not one hard thing you're going through. There's no relational conflict that I am not right here with holy love and perfect strength to fill you with my spirit and give you what you need. Man, I don't know how to parent. I'm struggling with my kids. I know how. I'm your dad in heaven. <laughs> and if you ask me for wisdom, I will give it to you. I will give you. You ask, he says, I will give it. I will give you everything you need. He gives us his peace, his strength, his joy. Why? Because he's alive. Why do we love him? Why do we believe in him? Because he lives in me through all these things. Because he actually gives me his life. He says, you are more than a conqueror, in Romans 8, through all these things. Right? If you go back, it's like the same stuff. Major hardship super persecution. It goes, but you are more than conquerors through Christ who loved you. Jesus is in you. He loves you. He will give you his peace and his joy. Why? Why do I love him? Why do I believe in him? I can't see him because he actually says he gives us his mind. Did you guys know that? Jesus will give you his thoughts. He's sitting over everything you're going through, everything you're going through. And he knows everything. And he says, and I will give you my mind. You have the mind of Christ. You guys, we can actually get his perspective if we'd actually sit and listen to him. I was meeting with a friend this morning, just confessing to him and telling my wife, I'm just, I'll tell you guys. I feel like the one thing God has been telling me for the last month, maybe two months, is why won't you come and listen to me? David, you have so many concerns. You have so many things you want to know about. But you won't. And this is weird, you guys. Ask my wife. I get up every morning. I love being in his word. I feel like he speaks to me in his word. I pray for things. I take communion every morning to make sure that my heart is staying close to his, that I'm not wandering away but I'm having a hard time just going to God, sitting quietly and listening. He is, I know he's the answer and it's a battle to do it, but he will give us his mind. Why? Because he will speak to us, you guys. He will speak to you in the midst of your hard season. In that time in California, for a year and a half when it was so dark, I remember, I remember driving through the hills of, of Pennsylvania and I wasn't going to kill myself. But me, I, I'll be honest with you, I wish so bad a semi would have come over on the wrong side of the road. I just was done. And one day when I was back in, some, back in my apartment at night, I just laid prostrate on the floor and I was just weeping. And that's what I'm like, God, I can't do this anymore. 
I needed a breakthrough. And as I laid on the floor weeping, I heard this little voice inside my head. And all he said was, keep going. Keep going. And when God speaks, his word is life. You guys, how do we make this? The resurrection breakthrough is the presence of Jesus. Do you have Jesus Christ, the resurrected one, in your life? If you don't, wow. I don't know how people make it. I don't know how they do. Hey, but even Christians, all you guys in here who are Christians, do you have Jesus in your life? Do you have Jesus in your life? Yes. And he's alive. He is resurrected and we know it because of his resurrection. He's living in you. He's living in you. Man, seek him. I tell you the key, you guys, whether the season of hardship is short or long, or if the hardship never ends on earth. Do you guys know that? As followers of Christ, it might not end. See, that's my problem. I'm thinking like, come on, man, Jesus, I'm like following you. Bring the breakthrough. Give us a building. What am I doing wrong? I feel like he's going, you're not coming and sitting and listening to me. I don't know what he's doing. He does. You guys, the key is whether, however long the season is, or if it never comes, through faith, you experience Jesus. You know Jesus. You have Jesus. And I'm telling you, you can win in the season. The breakthrough is Jesus. It actually is the right answer, okay? The breakthrough is Jesus. It is right there. The resurrection of Christ. Through the resurrection of Christ, Peter said, you guys, I know you're being persecuted. I know you're in pain. I know you're suffering, but you have Jesus and he's gonna get you through this. All right, that's the first one. But then he goes on and he said, you rejoice greatly because you are receiving the end result, he said, of your faith. So here you go. The resurrection breakthrough is also the promise of heaven. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, that breakthrough is his presence, but it's also his promise of heaven. Okay, let's look at it. First Peter 1, verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to him. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded, shielded. You are right now through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed when? In the last time. What's he saying, man, you guys? Something's coming. 
And then later on, he says, he goes, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Why? Because we have Jesus right now, but also because his resurrection and his ascension tells us, you guys, there's something beyond this world. Praise God that there's something beyond this world. Man, whether it's my own suffering or when I'm meeting with people and their life is just really hard right now, sometimes I'll just go, well, you know what? Someday we're all gonna be in heaven. And that's actually really good news. You know, John 14, Jesus said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Come on, man. (laughs) When you're in a tough season, is your heart troubled? (laughs) Quivering all the time, man. Jesus, who's what? Living in you who's living in me, says to us, don't let your heart be troubled. Why, Jesus? You believe in God. He says, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go, and prepare a place for you. I will come back and I will take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That's amazing. That's Jesus, you guys. He's saying, hang on. Keep going. Why, Jesus? Because I'm going to prepare a place for you. Do you guys know he's prepared a place for you? Man, I can't wait to see my men's den. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know? What's, what's my room? He's preparing a room for you. And he's coming back. And he's going to take you to be with him. And I want to tell you what, man. There are going to be times when this world can be so painful and so hard and so confusing and so frustrating that the way we keep going is because we have the promise of heaven. That's what Hebrews 11 said about all the people we read in the Bible. All the people we read in the Bible says they believed there was something beyond this world. And they saw themselves as foreigners and strangers here. This is not our home. And when you know you're just passing through, you have the hope. And isn't that what he said? He goes, you have living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Now, Our earthly lives are seasons. We are guaranteed of life everlasting in the promise of heaven. How? He says, and he goes, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, God does this. What's he do? He says, the first thing he says, he has given us new birth. Okay, he has given you new birth. And so can I just say again, like if you're not a follower of Jesus, one of the things that Jesus said was, he goes, if you're actually gonna enter the kingdom of heaven, 
He goes, you actually have to be born again. You actually have to have something spiritual happen inside your being where your spirit actually receives God's spirit. And hear it again. He goes, God actually gives us new birth. And then he says, you're a new creation. You actually have the spirit of God living inside of you. And he goes, and once you have that new birth, it is a new birth into what? Into a living hope. I've always loved, that's one of the reasons I love this passage. Because while we're living here on earth, you guys, we can always have hope. Because of his presence, there's not one thing you will ever go through. I remember this helped me so one, one time. It just made me realize nothing will ever come against me that doesn't have to come against Jesus. That's amazing. Nothing will ever happen to you that also doesn't have to happen to Jesus because he's living inside of me. I have hope. If you really believe that, you can have hope no matter what you're going through. But a living hope as well is this hope that there's something else into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven. When I was talking this through with Susie, that was her favorite part. She goes, how cool that my inheritance is kept in heaven. That's kind of safe. You just know it's there. But you guys, if we have new birth and we become children, in Romans 8, 17, it says, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I don't know if any of you guys are an heir. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know if I'm an heir. You know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but if you know you're an heir, you know what? There's an inheritance that's coming to you. And it's guaranteed. In the other parts of the scripture, it says the Holy Spirit that we receive, this new birth, says is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. See, so right now, Jesus is living inside of me and we're tasting it and we're experiencing him. And it's a, it's a deposit though, guaranteeing that someday when we go see him, we get the whole deal, the whole deal. So all these tastes of peace and tastes of joy and tastes of love, the Bible says we see dimly right now. But then when we die, what does it say? We will see him face to face. And then all of a sudden, the every spiritual blessing, the Bible tells us, you're a child of God. He goes, you already have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms right now. Everything that Jesus is, we are co-heirs with Christ. Everything that Jesus is, we have. But we have it as a deposit. We taste it here. But you guys, when we get to heaven... <laughs> We get all of it, all of it, complete and utter freedom and joy and peace. It will be paradise. And through all the scriptures, he says, hey, if you're in a tough season, if you're in a tough season, it's the resurrection of Jesus that gives you your hope, that he's alive and he's with you and that you are guaranteed to be with him forever. And that's our hope. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? 
You know, I've been, I've been one of the things at the end of each message lately, I've just been going, we need to act, right? We need to act. Jesus said, hey, if you hear my words, but don't put them into practice, he says, then you're just a foolish person who went to church. Don't be a foolish person who goes to church. Be someone who hears my words and puts them into practice. He goes, that's the wise person who builds his house on the rock. And, and what, did, what illustration did he say? And when the storms come and they blow against that house, if you hear my word and don't put it into practice, you, you crash. But if you hear what he just said to you in his word and you put it into practice, you're gonna make it. So what do we need to do? The A for me on this act is to agree. We have a chance to agree. Will we actually take God's word that came today and say, you know what, God? I'm not gonna trust what I think. I'm not gonna trust in my own understanding. I'm gonna trust what you say. What did Jesus, what did God say to us through his word today? He said, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you receive me, I am with you through everything you will ever go through. And my power inside of you will give you what you need to break through. It's one of the things he told us. Are we gonna believe that? Are we gonna agree that Jesus Christ, once you receive him, is living in me? And the second thing, do we agree that we have a promise of heaven, that we know that this is not our home? Will we agree that we are foreigners and strangers on earth and that we're heading there? That's what we've heard today. Well, then the C, once you agree with that, then we, then we have a chance to change. To the C is when, when his teaching comes, he's always teaching us something. Well, that means I know something I didn't know before. Something changed. Or maybe we're supposed to be corrected. He says, I might correct you. Or I might rebuke you, he says. He says, stop doing this and get on the path. Or he goes, I might train you to do something new. Is there anything in you today that needs to change? When I thought about that, here's the one thing I thought that might need to change. What are you putting your hope in? You might need to change what you're putting your hope in. Are you putting your hope in the economy? Are you putting your hope in any political structure? Are you putting your hope in your ability? Are you putting hope in any other? Like, I tell you what, there are so many things we put our hope in. Maybe it needs to be in the resurrected Jesus Christ. He goes, if you have that, you have living hope. And then the T, once you agree with what he said and you decide something needs to change, then the T is take a step. Take a step, put it into practice. Here's a couple things. In this scripture, very clearly, what does he say to do? Praise God, rejoice. And I tell you what, you guys, one of the hardest things for me to do when I'm in my toughest season is sing praises to God. Anybody else? I just, it's hard. Can I just do a lament? Give me another one of those. There's lots of Psalms that are laments. Let me just sing a lament. But you know what he says? Believe, if you believe Jesus is risen from the dead and he's with you and he's taken you home, then you can rejoice. You can praise God. And I just know this. He says, give thanks all the time. Rejoice all the time. Because of who he is and what he's done and what he's gonna do. So maybe one of your action steps here, take a step as you're gonna start rejoicing and praising God. Another one might be practice bringing Jesus into every moment of your life. This is mine right now. I'm really continuing to still work to know how to bring him in because he's living in me, 
How do I experience Jesus whenever anxiety comes? I read some guy this week, he said, the one thing is true is anxiety and faith can't take place at the same time. Very interesting. So if I'm anxious and if I'm fearful and if I'm doubting, then I can honestly say, okay, God, there's something about you I'm not believing that's true. How do I bring him in? Fine, every morning I do that. Maybe some of you guys just need to start there. Just start, but get Jesus into your life. He is your strength and hope. And then the last one that hit me, you guys, man, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. In the book of Hebrews, the whole book was written because people were wandering from their faith. And then that's where the hall of faith was. And this is where the writer was saying, you guys, if you're going to make it, this is where he says, don't give up meeting together. Encourage one another daily because this life is hard. And I know this, man, I can't do it. I've been walking with him for 35 years. And if I don't have someone arm in arm with me, when I'm in my darkest moments, it gets super dark. And you know what? Here, let me, let me just tell you this. People, this church needs you. The Holy Spirit knits us together for many reasons. But one of the reasons is so that we can pull each other through when it's dark. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, okay? We're the body of Christ. We gotta be joined and held together by every supporting ligament. And that might be a step you need to take. All right. We don't have worship at the end. We're just, I'm just gonna pray for you. Would you guys stand and let me pray for you? Oh, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, we love you today. We are here because of you. You are worthy of our praise. We rejoice in you. Thank you for Jesus. Thanks for his death on our behalf that reconciled us to you. And thanks for his resurrection so that we could be filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that your children on this planet never go through one moment alone. Jesus, you are alive and you live in us. God, I want to pray and ask that you might strengthen and encourage every heart in this room. And Lord, if there's anyone in here who's never put their faith in Christ, who, who at this point now is still walking on the planet without your presence, God, I just want to ask that you'd woo them, whisper your love to them, let them know again that you created them so you could be with them. And Lord, for all of your children, please give us the grace to believe that you're with us. You are with us in every season. And then God, thanks for the guarantee. Thanks for the inheritance. Thanks for the deposit of the Holy Spirit that guarantees it. Thank you, Jesus, for your resurrection, letting us know there's something beyond this world. Thank you that no matter what happens on this earth, we know that this is all temporary and someday we're going home. Thank you for that promise and thank you that heaven 
will not be like this. We can't wait to see you face to face. God, your grace and your peace in abundance to everyone in this room, to everyone who's watching. May your presence give us living hope in Jesus' name. Amen.